Podcast. We're about to dig into the top three of our favorite music of 2019. You've, if you've made it this far, congrats! I have more power to you. Um, when we sat down to record for this uh, behemoth of a three-part episode, I had no idea if anyone would even listen to it. But hey, we had fun recording it, and that's all that matters. And I hope you have fun listening to it. The top three has some stuff that uh, some overlap, which is really great. So we get to save some time on that. But uh, for the most part, it's a really fun chat about some albums that we that really stuck out to us and spent we spent a lot of time with. So I hope you enjoy that, and I hope you enjoyed. Uh, uh, hearing a little bit of Lizzo at the top of the podcast, like a girl. Uh, spoiler alert, that'll be coming up later in this episode. We'll play some more songs in the middle of the episode and at the end, just like the last two parts. You've you've already figured out how, how this is going to run. So let's get to the conversation. Let's not waste any more time. Here we go. Part three of our 2019 Albums podcast for Punks. Here we go. All right, top threes now. I'll start... Um, Casey just mentioned it as his top, his number four, As Cities Burn, A Scream Through the Walls. Uh, I've been waiting 10 years for this record. I had also been waiting 14 years to see them live again, because the first time I saw them live was back with Protest the Hero on their first ever tour, and (laughs) The Bled, um, in, I don't remember what venue it was in Portland, Um, but it was my senior year of high school and I absolutely loved it. And, uh, I walked over to the S.A.D.'s Burn merch table and they were like, I talked to them for a little bit and I was like, oh, I wish I had some money. Like, I would love to get a CD. And they were like, here, just have one. And I was like, oh, thank you. It's like, I didn't have any cash and I didn't have any cards at the time because I was, I didn't have an Where would that have been at? Like, what venue would that have been at? I don't remember. I can look it up, but I I just really loved the album. I thought it was a really cool, um, it was a really cool uh, feeling to not feel like they had lost any steam. Like, it honestly felt like a big, um, tour de force like return for them because uh, I didn't think that they left anything behind like bringing back um uh I think his name is Brandon um 
to be able to scream again was fantastic. Uh, huh? I think it's TJ. TJ, sorry. Uh, TJ came back to, to scream. Cody doing his his whole thing uh, after taking over the band for a couple for Come Now Sleep and Hell or High Water. Um, being able to see them live again was also amazing. It was like my third or fourth favorite gig of the year, and there were only 65 people there total, and uh, they still brought it to everyone, and there was like six of us at the front the entire time screaming our faces off, and I just absolutely loved it, and I, I kept coming back to this record a lot. So It's the yeah. only show all year that got Craig to go up to the front row. I don't do that. I don't do that. I chill. <laughs> Even at like two shakes, he was now. hype. He I was, was very hype. I was there. Oh, and it was it was apparently at Hawthorne. Hawthorne nice. Theater. Yeah, Sick. apparently February twenty fifth, two thousand six. So, yep. I just went to punknews.org. dot <laughs> org. Good for you, buddy. Yep. Um. Who would like to go with their number three? Um, I will. Uh, I, you can ask Scott. I called him yesterday with like an existential crisis about my top three. It's <laughs> 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 so a literal phone call. There's like a couple things we had to discuss, but one of them was like, I'm having a crisis. I was like, I have three albums. They could all be number one. One I feel is a band that's going to end up being my number three who pushed themselves the most. Um, and then like really pushed forward music and like, they were very, you know, like out there and I like that and they, you know, transformed their sound, which is cool. And there's a band who did what they did like really well and put out one of the best heavy records of the year. And then there's just straight up the band, I, the record I listened to the most and enjoyed the most. So who is not cool and no one has it on their year on the list. <laughs> I, you know, like, so I ended up taking this, this band, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, would have been my number one. I've just kind of had some recent like i've been listening to the three top records over and over and over again trying to like get it sorted out but uh so number three is gonna be microwave death is a warm blanket Mm. i had never been into microwave i had never even heard much love and i went back and listened to it and i love that record now but uh i just i heard scott said something about it or someone said something about microwave releasing a new record and i just or on some message board i just always put on a few songs i heard it and i was like whoa this is like way different than I expected and they're all over the place and I feel like they really transformed their sound which mm-hmm. is cool I like to see bands really pushing themselves and I feel like they took a lot of cool stuff from the 90s and kind of brought it up to date like they get Nirvana as like a big influence so kind of cool that they did that and more screaming they were kind of a happy-go-lucky band and like it yeah. feels like feels like I want to talk to them and be like what happened guys like, yeah <laughs> it was so weird to put that on and like I think Scott might have brought it up one of you brought it up to me and i was like what the hell happened to this band (laughs) something happened like something traumatic happened to them to make them put out this record but whatever it was i mean i thought it was fantastic the oh my only complaint about the record and it's probably what drops it to three is that i hate and it bothers me so bad that i love the song pull it's like song six and then song seven is called Loves Will Tell Us Apart, and it's an obvious outro for Pull, or at least it should be, and they put it as two songs. Because yeah, one's like a 20-second mm. song at the end, and it's like, I know you wanted to have more songs, and I don't like it when bands do that. Like, it's okay to do filler if you have at least 12 other songs. You know, like, uh, my number two record does that, but it's, yeah. But I thought it was great. Uh, I 
It could have easily been album of the year. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, they opened up for Trophy Eyes last year, and um, I end up like chatting up their merch guy who actually knows uh, Brennan and Kevin from Gates and all them. And so I ended up just chatting him up for a while, and he then he was saying like, "Oh yeah, like Microwave's new album's gonna be awesome. Like I've heard a lot of the new songs; they're amazing." Blah blah blah. And so it was kind of on my radar from that conversation. And then yeah, it came out. That, that album is it's not on my top ten. It's solid. Um, I just haven't really returned to it, but uh, it's different for sure. Um, yeah, what a change from their previous two. I just love that they have a song called Leather Daddy, and that is fantastic. <laughs> I will also say that in my when I did an Instagram post on it, I kind of was thinking about it. What I like about them, too, is I feel like there has been kind of a creative void left from Jesse Lacey. Yeah. Like, just the people who are willing to do kind of like, it's not like the guitar playing is like insane, but it's just like really clever and good songwriting. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of stepped into that void a little bit and did something new and kind of exciting for the band, like where it didn't really matter if it sounded like their old stuff. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. I think I mentioned that to you, Casey, how like it, it kind of sounds like what brand new was trying to do and failed to do on Daisy. Like, it sounds like a little bit better version of that. I, I'm sorry, Craig. I, Daisy's not a bad album. It's a good album, but it's not a great Craig album. Craig is taken aback. That's like Craig's favorite album of theirs. We For can't real? get we can't get this into is this. A, this is a tangent. You can talk about that another time. But yeah, I have a lot of feelings about Daisy, and we're not going to get into it right now. I have zero feelings about Brand New at all. So let's <laughs> skip that because I don't give a shit about that band. <laughs> Continue. Scott, <laughs> what was your number three? Uh, number three for me was one that was already mentioned, which was Somos, uh, Prison on a Hill. Pretty high, damn. Yeah. It, it's, it was, man, I listened to it a ton. It was just one of those albums that I just kept going back to. Um, a lot of times, I'm list, it's albums that I listen to in the car with um, Megan end up being higher because i end up listening to them a lot because i'm always looking for stuff that she might enjoy um but yeah this was a really good album obviously the circumstances are tragic but um the music is fantastic i've heard it described as uh what's up i think our watches just told us to stand at the same time oh yours did too yeah (laughs) fuck you guys (laughs) Uh, (laughs) anyway yeah it's it's uh it's just a really good album like i've heard it people describe it as post-punk i've heard casey mentioned uh i can't remember what you called it but um or you said 80s tinged or whatever like there's definitely a lot of like i don't know like morrissey or the smiths type the cure type stuff sounding in it um, one question that I had for you guys, I don't know if you, if you paid attention to the lyrics, but like the lyrics are super, they're good, but they're weird. Part of me wonders if it's about like World War II, cause there's like a lot of weird. So Michael is a socialist and uh-huh. all of their music is basically him being like, this is my manifesto. So if you didn't know that about, uh, the band, like, basically, he tries to, like, interweave a lot of socialist I mean, views. everyone in that band is super political. They're super political as human beings. So, so like, Scott, you're basically a socialist now. 
<laughs> I, like Iron Heel, like that song. The lyrics are so weird on it. Like mm-hmm. you're bringing up weird lyrics here when we talked about Dance Gavin Dance earlier. Oh yeah, but those are intent. Like those are obviously weird. Those yeah, are yeah, weird. that's true. That's like true. not paying attention. This is weird. Like you think you're hearing it, and you're like, "Oh, what was it like to be born after the gold rush?" And then you're like, "Wait, what does that even mean? What is that about? Like, what would have, what would a punk band be singing that about? I don't know. It's just that's the only thing about the album, and it, that I was kind of like, "Ah, eh, that's weird." Like the lyrics are weird, but not they're not bad. They're just I keep wondering what the hell was the inspiration behind them because there's I don't know. I just I also love the album title. Just Prison on a Hill is a really cool um, play on Church on the Hill, uh, which I think is really good. Oh, is that what it's a reference to? See, yeah. learning new stuff every day. Yeah. But it's a great album. Fantastic. Um, I really hope that he continues to do music in some way. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't even know that that record was going to happen because they uh, had a couple years ago said that they weren't going to make music anymore. So yeah. um, th- this one was kind of even a surprise um, that they did it to begin with. Yeah. So hopefully he does more. I'll, I would definitely listen to other stuff that he did, other projects, because I really like that album. Anyway, that's Katie about Ham. it. Kitty Ham, number three. At number three, Billie Eilish. When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Uh, I assume we're going to be talking about this a little more in a minute, so I'm not going to say a whole lot, except for I think she is uh, a stupidly talented teenager whom I am very jealous of in every sense. Um, Wait, did you say Lord? (laughs) Calm down. I (laughs) have never paid attention to Lord even a little bit. Um, I love that... She has brought, like, really dark and twisted kind of shit into the mainstream pop scene. Um, And the fact that she, like, purposely doesn't smile because it makes her feel powerful is fucking badass. (laughs) I love that. Anyway, we'll talk about that more. And the fact that she doesn't allow herself to be objectified is really good because, holy shit, there are so many people... Men are bad. Yeah. So, um, I love her giant fucking clothes. They are ridiculous. So, my thoughts on Billie Eilish are this. <laughs> Go on. Same Number way. one, it's one of those things that I've been confused about because I always... Sometimes this happens where I'm like, what am I missing out on? Like, a lot of people I respect seem to really like this record. And not just, like, really like, but, like, you know, probably going to throw it on number one. Or I've seen it at the top of a lot of lists and, like, things like that, like, coming into this. So I'm always kind of going back to it. And I've never said, like, this is bad, this sucks, or anything like that. I watched some interviews with her, and I'm like, okay, I get she is a super charismatic person with, like, mm-hmm. her own style and her own thing going on. I totally get that, totally respect that. Um, but when I listen to her music, I... I, I always find the music side of it a little bit boring. And so, like, I get why she's good. Have you watched even, any of the music videos? Yeah, a little bit, but not not a whole lot. Eh. But, and I maybe I Then maybe, you haven't. That's what that tells me. Her music videos are beautiful. Every sure. single one of them, it's like a whole experience that makes the music better as well. Like... 
the song Ocean Eyes, like, th- that's not from this album, but, like, there's a whole choreographed dance that she, like, worked with her old dance instructor to create for that song specifically, and, like, me as a dancer, loved it, absolutely. And I didn't really care about that song until I watched the video, and... Uh, so, yes, having not seen the video, yeah. unless there's a video where she cries black tears, which, in case, that's kind of tired. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's my least favorite of her videos. All right. Well, anyways, so having seen all that, I, I I get what makes her good. I get what even makes her great in that kind of realm of music. I do not understand what makes her exceptional. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I saw her at number seven or number ten on a lot of lists, I'd be like, fair enough. Kind of like where you guys have like Carly Rae Jepsen's the same thing. But like, since everyone's going so like apeshit for it, that's the part I don't get. Like, I get mm-hmm. I don't get what throws it from like a B plus to a, you know, record of the year. And so that's my only, it's not a gripe. It's not anything. It's not a complaint or something. She sucks or anything. It's just, I, one of those things that I have, and I've tried to seek out an answer. I have, it hasn't just been like, Oh, it didn't grab me. So whatever. And like, I still don't know if I necessarily have that. Yeah. I think for me, it is that she is like an all around artist that does that for me. Like her videos, her like, public persona and like I I just feel like she's an all-around performer and has been since she has been like she's not even 18 yet so like that is that's a big part of it for me she just turned 18 in the interviews um like her watching an interview of herself when she was 16 when she's 17 was like a really interesting video I was like I I like her I like how she portrays herself. It seems very, at least honest. And I like that. There was like a thing about she interviews like Billy Joe Armstrong. I was like, that was really cool. Mm. So I like her as a person. I just don't get what makes her music so great. Yeah. 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 I I, kind of feel the same way. Like I, I, it's not that it's bad or anything. And I enjoy some music that's like that. Like I'm a big, uh, not big, but I like Melanie Martinez and I feel like she Mm kind of is the same way. Like, some of the Lord stuff I like, I know I joked earlier, but, like, yeah. what I don't understand is everyone acts like she's, like, oh, she's doing this original thing, and I'm like, well, she kind of sounds like those other two artists that are both, like, in the same demographic, like, they're both young females, and everyone's, and that's not meaning we can't have three young females mm-hmm. doing the same thing, but it's more so from a point of view of, like, it might be good, but I don't necessarily think it's as original as what everyone is saying it is, okay. or making it out to be, that's yeah. all I'm saying. I wouldn't say, like, being original is necessarily what I would say is, is my favorite part about it. I just really? think that she's... I I love how weird she is. I really I like think that it's one that, song. Like, if I would have had a pop star like that when I was a kid, man, I would have embraced my fucking weird side yeah. way younger. I mean, that's like... she. she uh, yeah, and when you put it that way, she's way better than, like, I don't know if you listen to, like, the first... Well, any Britney Spears album. Or That's any what I was going to say. Like, the first pop record that I remember getting is Britney Spears. And, like, right. that, Christina Aguilera, like, uh, this is completely, like, a 180 pop star-wise yeah. from what that is. At least, like, It's closer to, like, Lady Gaga or Madonna or something. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost yeah. like the folks who get Brock Hampton as their boy band today when we had, like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Brock Hampton is, like, exclusively uh, cooler because uh, there are a lot of like weird uh, 
They're like yeah. really weird, nerdy black dudes. And okay. like a few of them are even queer, but like they they just like have a much di- and they call themselves a boy band, but they're just big like a yeah. big old rap group. But like that's what this generation's getting exposed to as like a boy band, or like even BTS has some like cool overlap. Like they had one of my favorite songs this year, which is not something I ever expected to have. It was like a K-pop who's, song. Yeah. Who's was that? BTS is like a K-pop. It's a K-pop band. Oh, Okay. It's like eight dudes. They all. It's pop music. There's like two rappers in the group. It's the whole thing. Okay. They have a song with Halsey that I really like. I do like that one Billie Eilish song. Like I think it's probably her biggest hit. The bad guy. guy. That's yeah her biggest song. Um, Yeah, that was solid. Is probably my favorite song off of that record. Yeah. It was at the end. It was at the very end of um, I can't even remember that movie where the little kid is a superhero, but he's a bad guy, and it ends with that song. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It was a really good movie though. But Scott, can you remember what your number two is called? Sure can. Number number two. That was some, that was some good transitioning there. I'm number podcast two host is another band that I had never. Uh, heard before this year and still really haven't gone back to check out any of their albums uh, but just absolutely fell in love with their new one it's Amorosa Peach Club which is uh, from what I understand and the very little that I've heard completely different from their past albums um, yeah saw them about I don't know a month ago or some or so and it was awesome yeah. They were really, so really good live. Good. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about me getting older. Maybe, I don't know. But this whole, like, band, rock, heavy band doing pop music, I, I'm, like, kind of on board with. I don't know why I would think that I would typically hate it. But that Issues album was great, and this one's even better. Um, it's just, yeah, from top to bottom, really, really good. Um, Cautious is... One of my favorite songs of the year, if not my number one favorite song of the year. I don't know, that and Signal Fire by Killswitch. But uh, yeah, they just did an outstanding job with that album. I'm excited to see what they do next. Um, But that Peach Club tour was rad. To see them play Mm -hmm. all the songs live was really, really cool. And that guy's stage presence, the singer, was on another level. Like, I loved it. the drummer was great. The, the whole band put on such a great the show. The drummer was so fun to watch. Yeah. The drummer, and then even the All bass player, yeah. dude that looks like Will Wheaton, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> was like really entertaining to watch. Like, I don't know. They're just, they're awesome. I have, I can't say anything else better. Like, it was really difficult for me to choose between this one and my number one. And uh, yeah, they're just, it's a fantastic album that I'll listen to for a long time. I also had a really hard time choosing between my number two and that for my number one. <laughs> so yeah. I feel you. We're going to get to talk about that album in a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, Sounds like I'm the odd person out here. <laughs> well, well, you know. Um, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll just transition because it's also my number two. Um, Emerosis Peach Club is my number two as well. And... Um, uh, just seeing them live also cemented it. We we would get in the car and I would just hit shuffle on my top songs playlist and almost all the time it was either given up, 
so bad or cautious. Yeah. <laughs> Almost all the time would just like always come oh, on. So bad is so and, good. And seeing the whole thing live was just impressive. Mm-hmm. I never really fucked with Emerosa back in the day. Uh, I also did enjoy during the live show, Bradley, their singer, would basically bury Johnny Craig. Uh, anytime... Okay, he did once. Well, he he buried Johnny. Well, no, he did it twice. Did he? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody mentioned <clears throat> to play a song off of their one of the second album. album? Yeah. yeah, they said play off your second album and he named the second album that had him on it yeah because the band didn't exist before he was there basically he's like yeah we're gonna play some stuff off of 131 don't worry about it and everyone was like oh shit because <laughs> yeah. johnny craig is a piece of trash with uh so i went back and listened to that like i there was one song off their first ep and i think that's even i don't even think that's johnny craig that's on that mm-hmm and the song's called, like, I Am the Ocean or I Am Ocean or something like that. That's a really good song. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, been, I, I've ventured out into their other stuff, like, very, very mildly. Like, I've listened to, like, a couple songs, and it's okay. Um, but, yeah, the new one's, it's so good. It got so much playtime from us. I really associated yeah. Amorosa and Dance Gavin Dance in the same, like, music that was too samey and boring for me when I exactly. was in high school. Same. And Damn. then, uh, yeah, both of them have made such giant comebacks in, like, a different genre, and I fuck with both of them so hard now. Dance Gavin Dance is still a little bit weird for me, but it's fun. They're super weird. Casey, do you have thoughts? Looks I like do. You have thoughts. I was going to say, I think what you guys need is you need Johnny Craig to join your bands, leave them in a post-traumatic stress, <laughs> like, emotional state to create great music afterwards <laughs> you're just like so you're just like yeah that that dude is probably the worst dude ever oh he's terrible i know he's not the worst dude ever but he is for this scene of music he's pretty bad i don't know i had i originally had a joke about it being appropriately you guys i also have that album as number two uh but in a different sense <laughs> Oh, you mean poop? <laughs> no, I actually went back, since, since looking at Scott's top ten list, I went back and listened to it. I'm actually surprised I don't like it more than I do, like, because it's got, I like, like, I really loved that Pale Waves record last year because mm-hmm. I like pop music that is made by instruments rather than electronics. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, this is totally, this is totally serviceable. It feels like it should be more up my alley than it is, but it just didn't ever land. So, anyway, I will say I did appreciate in the first song when I was listening to it again a week ago, the the horns in it are really good, and I appreciate yeah. the way they used it in a non, obviously a non-ska way, but, yeah. Like I, what can I you it. do? It's good. What can you do? What was your number two, then? Real quick, oh. I was going to mention that you brought up the... Uh, um, the saxophone solo in, I can't remember what it was earlier that we were talking about. In what? In, was it in Pew 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 or Angel Dust? Angel Dust, that's right. Yeah, so Angel Dust has a saxophone solo. Emerosa has a saxophone solo. Issues has a saxophone solo. And uh, Bill Murray, their album, one of their albums this year has a saxophone solo too. I also it's want to bring super... up that the new Turnover record has a saxophone solo. Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> it's all about saxophone solos. And now someone's, someone, if anyone, mainly, I was thinking, probably two people have made it this far in the podcast. If anyone's listening, someone will be like, Jimmy World had a saxophone solo too, and you guys aren't mentioning that. And it's like, yes, we're not mentioning that. 
Period. <laughs> That's like Craig when people were like, you don't have Midsummer on your top movies list. And he's like, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to leave that movie halfway through it. So I didn't see it. Continue. Yeah. It's fine. Hold on. Has everyone else given their, their new I have not. Ideas? Why don't you go? Because I think my number two may segue into someone else's number one. Okay. I mean... The their both of their number twos are my number one. So wow, that's spoiler a, that's alert! That's a I've I've already talked about it. Already said it. Um, and I had a really hard time deciding between Amorosa's Peach Club and Lizzo because I love you for my top. So really, those are kind of interchangeable for me because I listen to both of them so much. Um. Yeah, my number two is the deluxe version of Lizzo's record. Yeah, yeah, it has all the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I mean. But like, uh, yeah, Lizzo is my number two. Um. I feel like she. Uh. We we also saw her this year, and that was definitely my gig of the year. Uh. There has been. I've been to so fucking many shows and I have never left a show feeling as positive as I did after leaving that show. Um, she's such like an inspirational person to everyone, but especially to women. And I assume women of color specifically. Uh, and I, I just like everything about listening to her music makes me feel good. And I am a cynical motherfucker. So like, Having anything that actually makes me, like, feel happy, I'm like, hell yeah, this is dope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lizzo's my number two. My number one, Amorosa. Do you have anything Peace else Club. to say about Amorosa, then? Um, it's dancey. I fucking love it. I wasn't expecting it. If someone would have asked me if I wanted to listen to Amorosa before I heard what this album sounded like, I'd be like, fuck no, that band was boring. I want nothing to do with them. But, like, Wow. It's so sick. Yeah. We did. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time listening to that record, and I was so excited to, like, sing and dance along with all of it at the show. We were a front row. Um, it, yeah, it was a blast. It's a great, like, car album, I think. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've been listening to it for a while, but, like, now that I am, like, really well-versed in all the songs, I'm so excited for springtime to come around to, like, roll that down. Can you tell me what it feels like? I'm just gonna like I'm gonna bop it it's gonna be so good I lost my voice at the show I was like singing so loud (laughs) all right time for the first music break portion of this podcast I'm gonna bring you a couple clips from a couple of songs uh, from our top threes Um, the first one I'm gonna play you is the song farewell to exile from the new Somos album prison on a hill and then I'll play you the song uh, so Bad by Amorosa off of the new album Peach Club. Uh, per usual, about a minute of each song, and then we'll move on, and then we'll get back to the conversation. Here you go. Heard the guns of war, answered the call. I spent 18 months on the down and out, and now I've seen it all. I was too young to see it all. I was too young to see it all. Now it's farewell to exile, and all those still there. Fight and die in a war of annihilation I was sent abroad to fight and die in a war of annihilation 
I kind of put them in the same category as Kill Switch, where I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a listen out of respect for what they've done in the past and how much I've loved Redeemer and Oh God of the Aftermath and, um, you know, even Bless the Martyr. But this one just, yeah. For, at first I was saying, oh, it's my favorite thing they've done since Redeemer. Now I'm kind of saying it's probably my favorite thing they've ever done. Uh, yeah. I don't know about best. I won't say best or whatever, but it's my favorite thing that they've done. It's the most complete. Um, Redeemer gets a little samey sounding sometimes. Uh, and this one, I felt like as much as they even split it in half, like there's not really like any songs that sound similar to one another. They did a really good job of like diversifying the sound and every song. And, uh, one thing that stood out to me though, was Corey Brandon's vocals are otherworldly on this. It's like, I, I've always thought that Keith Buckley was like one of my favorite vocalists in the scene and, to me, he's like right on the same level as Keith Buckley on this album. Like, it's just really, really, really good. Um, the, he's oh got boy. what's that? I said, Oh boy, I probably have to give it like a good listen through. Yeah. I honestly did not listen to it much because I have always felt that Norma Jean was kind of samey. Oh, yeah, I would highly recommend this one. Like, he's he's got the dirties, he's got the cleans, but then he's got like the halfway in between, yeah. I know I know exactly what you mean. He's got the yeah. dirties. He's got the cleans. And he's got the kind of I'm a little dirty. bit messy. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's a great album. I love I love it. I'm a yeah, his vocals fan. are amazing in this record. I'm bummed that I missed they came through Austin with um Devil Wars Prada, who I actually liked their new one too. Not mm-hmm. as much as this one. Not even close. But I did like it. Um and I'm bummed I missed that show when it came through i was it wasn't even on my radar at all so hmm. oh well anyway that's number one i liked the norma jean record it's a norma jean record in my opinion um that i i like norma jean i love redeemer i love versus the anti-mother i love uh Maradonio, however you pronounce that word Meridional. um huh Meridional. huh meridional meridional sure sure I love all three of those records as a perfect like suite of records that they did, and they took a little bit of a break. They did Wrongdoers, which is good. Uh, Polar yeah. uh, Polar Similar was pretty good. Um, all Hail, I did not spend enough time with it, and I really tried to to put a lot of records on my list that I spent a good amount of time with. Um, and admittedly, um, when I put anytime I put it on, I was like, yeah, "This is Norma Jean record," and so I don't think I thought about it enough. But hearing how much you guys loved it, I'm probably going to give it some more time moving forward. Um, I'll do my number one because it's already been said, and we'll save Casey for last because I genuinely have no idea what your number one is going to be <laughs> <laughs> after what you've listed. So um, mine is Billie Eilish, and I know that that is. Probably going to piss off some people on Instagram, which is fine. Um, but in my opinion, I think she put out one of the most cohesive pieces of music this year. From beginning to end, um, I think that the the album itself tells a lot of good stories. She bears a lot onto it. Just her being so... Um, like exploratory with the sound works a lot. I do get what you said, Casey, about like some of the music not really coming through sometimes, but I think that she makes up for it in like her 
like vocal approach and how the album does sound very like it is varied um and it's not just bad guy a bunch of times it's like a lot of different yeah she does have a lot of uh variety yeah music that she makes and that um this the video that has the stuff coming out of her eyes when the party's over is actually one of my favorite songs on the album because i think it's like really it's like a really tragic song um and i actually think i'm gonna try to like do like a haphazard cover of it because I just think it's a really beautiful song and I feel like ruining it. So, <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that's that was my number one. Uh, and uh, does anyone have any final thoughts about Billie Eilish? No, then I want to hear from Casey. No. What is your number one? I have no idea. It, <laughs> I feel like it's a poor way to, I mean, this is a good way to end the podcast because ain't no one making it two hours and 15 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so my number one is kind of like last year with Coheed and Cambria, where it's like no one is more surprised than me that this ended up being my number one, just because like when I heard it, I was like, oh, it's good. But it just ended up being a record that I constantly threw on, and it put me in a good mood, and I kind of really got what uh, Katie was saying about how Lizzo uh, put them in a good mood, because, you know, it's just like there's something to be said about I had a really shitty day at work. I throw on a couple songs, and it just makes me feel better. And so, my my, my favorite album of the year was White Reaper. You deserve love. Hmm. Uh, it's nothing new as far as sound. It's a, it's ten songs. I feel like that are done perfectly. Like I like every single song on the record. It's super solid. It's short. It's about a half hour long. It gets in and gets out. I kind of wish it was longer in some respects. It sounds like a mix between Cheap Trick and The Cars. It's just late 70s, early 80s, poppy guitar rock that doesn't really venture too far in the metal category, but it's definitely more guitar-based um, with a lot of like keyboards and stuff. And just the guitar licks and the lyrics and everything just always put me in like a really good mood. And some of their guitar solos are just very, I don't know, danceable? I don't know if that's a word. Like It just makes me feel like puts me in a great mood to listen to their to their music. And I like that... It doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, it's really kind of like clean lyrically, like just about, you know, kind of like life stuff and kind of just uh, harkens back to an old, elder time in music where it wasn't so serious because sometimes I just kind of need that. Yeah. You know, just a, a, a fun record. But that's that's ultimately what I would call this record is it is just an ultimately fun record. I mean, they're on a major label. They're, they were on polyvinyl, so they were a little bit underground. Um, live, they weren't great <laughs> when oh. I saw them. I mean, like, they they were good, but they didn't play a lot of the new songs, which is what I was there to see, because the out record wasn't out yet. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't stop going back to it. I listen to it all the time, and it just puts me in a great mood every time I listen to it, so... Hmm. that There you go. <laughs> Any cool. thoughts? Did anyone even hear this record? I did not. Nope. I did not. Never even heard of them at all. Scott, you're dipping out. Scott's muted. Scott, you're muted. Um, yeah, I listened to it uh, like I think one or two songs after you recommended it, and I liked what I heard, but I just need to go back and listen to it more. So I've saved it in my Spotify. I will go back and listen to it for sure. Um, I will not make the same mistake that I made with the Dirty Nil. Okay. Well, 
So I actually went to see them because the Dirty Nil was opening up, and I was there to see the Dirty Nil, and I'd heard this one song on the radio by White Reaper, and it's the it's actually the only song on the record that I don't particularly love is their radio hit, but the song's Hard Luck and um, You Deserve Love, the final track, are both like some of my favorite songs of the year as far as just like, I don't know, they're just a super fun, awesome band, and they are poppy in a different way than like a Emeros or whatever. They're just kind of that early 80s, late 70s sound. Worth checking out. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. Any final thoughts on music this year? Um, I feel like I did not choose an important record for my t- number one, which is what I always <laughs> try to do. You know? That's why I had my existential crisis with Scott. I was like, this record is not important in any way. I just loved it. <laughs> See, well, and that's kind of like the struggle I had with my top three, because I feel like I had all three of them at some point in my number one. Like, if it came down to the thing I listened to the most this year, it's probably Amorosa. Um, but when it came down to what I thought, like, encapsulated music this year for me and, like, exploring pop music and even weird music, like, Billie Eilish made more sense for me person- personally. For me? For me. Yeah. I, I I always like I think everyone should take their own definition of what the number one is for them. I like see uh, I, I it was in to go back to our conversation with Kate my conversation with Casey, uh I was encouraging him to choose White Reaper as his number one just because it's interesting to me. Like it's clearly what he listened to the most, it's what he wanted and to me that's as someone who checks out other people's lists, that's what I want to see. Like, I already knew yeah. about Norma Jean. I already knew about... I can't remember what your number three was. Um, what's that? Microwave. Yeah, I knew about both of those. And, I don't know. To me, this is about, like, what speaks to all of us for whatever reason. So, yeah. I hope it. next year is better, but I after talking with Casey recently, a day or two ago, I'm like, I don't know. There's too much music, and I... I <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like, I wonder about how many of these albums next year I will listen to. Because I can't keep listening to a million albums every year, you know? Especially if I want to listen to the stuff from prior years. Yep. So. Katie, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's too much music. Uh, this is the first time I've actually even re- remotely tried to think about what my top albums of the year were. Uh, it was interesting, and now that I've given it a go, I think next year will be a fun thing for me to, like, try and keep track more during the year, because I just kind of, a couple of months ago, was like, yeah, maybe I'll do this. So, I'm interested to see how how future stuff comes along. I might be on the upswing of this shit, where Craig's on his downswing. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you're interested to hear for next year? Like maybe one thing that you think might be coming Fucking out? Sharp Tooth's record. I want it to come out. You've heard some of I've it. I've heard it and it's so good, but I want everyone else to hear it. <laughs> it's so good. So send it to us. Yeah, I wish. I don't even have it. Oh, you so. don't have it? Uh-huh. I'm uh, waiting for, uh, I heard every time a guy's recording in 2020, uh, Gates has been doing stuff and they're going to put it out. I think this next year, so I'm stoked on that. Those two records, I think, will probably be the my, or at least whatever get the gates and them being. I don't know if it's an LP or not, but whatever music, every time I die and gates comes out with is probably going to be in my top three. Yeah, same for every time I die. 
Yeah, I would mirror what you said, Casey. Gates and Every Time I Die, for sure. I don't know if there's any... I, I'm sure there's other bands that are going to come out with stuff, but I can't think of anything right now. I'm sure Thrice will have a new album next year. That I'm sure I Tiny will... Movie Parts will put out another album in three weeks. <laughs> Just exactly. kidding. Thr- Thrice will have another one that I'm ambivalent about. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm yeah. mostly excited about um, a more local act putting out a big album well a big album for like our like friends out here it's called old soul that's the band um they're actually going to be hitting the road soon they're going to be coming down to texas um so if you want to go take a chance on a small time act that i think puts on one of the most fun impassioned sets jess hall is their lead singer and she is a fucking badass she's been on the podcast before she's been on the podcast um uh, but i'm sure circus survival put out something next year uh old soul is also another one of those where um like they just does some like screaming in their live performance, but it's ha- it hasn't historically been on the record. No, but I think this next one they're changing that up. So. Um, but they're very fun to watch live, even if you don't necessarily dig the chill sound that they make. Yeah, I'll right. check them out. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Hell Let's yeah, go. guys! Thanks so much. Later. All right. Adios. All right, there you have it. Part three of our Top Albums podcast is done. If you made it all the way to the end, I congratulate you for spending three hours with us. Holy shit. There was a lot of conversation about music, but hey, it was a whole lot of fun to get to do it. Before I sign off, I just want to let folks know that there will be more episodes of the podcast coming up in the coming weeks. I even have some really exciting people that I'm going to be interviewing. Uh, A couple uh, bucket list folks that I'm getting onto the podcast, which is really exciting. So yeah, stick around. And uh, as we leave uh, uh, this episode, I just want to share three more songs, three more segments of three more songs uh, with you from our top albums of the year. Um, One of which being the song Anna by Norma Jean off of the album All Hail, which Casey and Scott both loved. And then uh, a little bit from You Deserve Love by White Reaper, which is one of which was Casey's top album. And then uh, Katie and I in our top three in my top album of the year from Billie Eilish, Bury a Friend. Uh, we'll play a minute of each of those and then we'll peace out. I'll see you next time. Here you go. Bye. I don't want to freeze inside. I fell in love with the burnout here. But a little on the ladder side.
what had you expected? Me to make you my art and make you a star and get you connected. I'll meet you in the park. I'll be calm and collected. But we knew right from the start that you'd fall apart because I'm too expensive. You talk would be something that shouldn't be said out loud. Honestly, I thought that I would be dead by now. Calling security, keeping my head held down. Bury the hatchet or bury your friend right now. Sell my soul Cause I can't say no No, I can't say no Then my limb 